Hey. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Boop, doop, boop, doop, boop. Ding. That was pretty. I liked that. That made me happy. <laughs> You're not even going to say anything. You're just going to give me a thumbs up. <laughs> Y'all, I'm so tired. It's just hilarious because this is like the earliest we've recorded in a long time. Yeah. Usually we are recording at like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. It is fully what? Like 3 Four. in the afternoon? It's, yeah, it's 4 p.m. <laughs> and I'm ready for a nap. But who knows? Perhaps I'll be scared and I won't fall asleep <laughs> oh well but, I mean, but like maybe okay but, but before that who are we what are we doing oh here? we're two best friends who like to tell each other spooky unsolved mysterious things basically if it doesn't have an answer we'll talk about it except for uh like one episode go listen to shackleton's episode <laughs> which is still really stinking cool it was a mystery that is now solved if you want to talk to us you can go to our website at thispodcastdoesn'textexist.com. Dot com. And se- Ooh, that was a deep one. That one was scary. It was the grunge remix. <laughs> oh, going 90s today. <sighs> but if you'd like to send us an email, you can do so from our website or you can send it to thispodcastdoesn'textexist at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sounded like a trucker when they. <laughs> sorry she has gatorade in her mouth i didn't mean to make you i always seem i always seem to do that to you as soon as you take a sip of something i'm the funniest i've ever been exponential growth (laughs) okay what else could they do at our website oh they can find our bingo card which you can pull up and play along as you listen to each episode I'm sure you've already got at least one of those checked off by now. Maybe unnecessary singing, something like that. But yeah, go check that out. Go have fun with it. Go see all of our socials on our website too. And our first YouTube episode of our first episode ever is up. Transcripts and all. Um, The transcript will also be added to the website under the episode so you can go and find that there too if you would rather read through it than listen to it also preemptive request if anyone at any point cites us in an academic paper i would love to know (laughs) academic paper i've definitely cited podcast episodes but now that we have a transcript i feel like it's easier than than being like i think they talked about something and just like scrubbing through the episode but you could read it I will say because it's not as if I went through and was able to type all of this out myself. I did use a program. There's most likely going to be some missed words, some misused words, some grammar that's bad, some, you know. I just would love to see what an AI thinks of like me trying to pronounce Russian, but like I'm (laughs) doing it wrong. So the the AI is like, what? is that i don't know rutabaga (laughs) yeah but if you have any if you're reading through it and you have any edits feel free to send them to me and i will upload them and fix them and make them perfect but for now this is the most that we can make sure that you have and go enjoy just go hang out because we we love you and we want to hang out with you but don't go now wait stay (gasps) here come back don't leave yet wait yeah don't hit that button Don't reach for that dial.
Don't drop that. Don't da da. Hey, don't drop that. Don't da da. Don't drop that, Baba Duke. Oh, I'm so sorry about the sound. Oh, the sound last week, you guys. My computer decided not to use our microphones and instead used our like my computer in order to record our voices. So I think it just heightened the spookiness of it all. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing the, the Babadook like dropping, dropping it down, a like twerking. I bet you there's a gif out there on the somewhere. main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. Dead death drop. Yeah, the Babadook doing a death drop. Slay. Slay. Okay. Yeah, what's happening today? We have something very different today. Oh. Um, as we know, my brand around here usually revolves around the spooky, the cryptid, or the disappeared child. Yeah. So which one do you think I chose today, Shannon? The child. Yeah. I chose the disappeared child. It's a rotation around here, apparently, for my brain. So today we are going to discuss the mystery of Pauline Picard. Do you know anything about this? Not right now, but we'll see when you start talking. (laughs) Great. It's going to sound a little familiar to something else that we have done on this podcast, which I think you'll understand once we get into the meat of it all. But here we go. In 1922, the Picard family was living peacefully in the town of Goise-Aldeau in Brittany, France. The family was large, with little two-year-old Pauline being the smallest of the brood. The younger children were playing outside the family farmhouse one early April afternoon in the French countryside when their mother called them in. The children filed in except for little Pauline. Their mother called out again for Pauline to come in and asked her kids if they had seen their sister. None of them remembered her wandering off and had kept a pretty good eye on her for a little while, but got distracted because they're kids. They're playing. They don't know. Also, the two-year-old baby is, like, hanging out with, like, the 14-year-old. They're not going to want to hang out. Pauline's parents went into a frenzy once they realized their daughter was not on the property. They alerted the police, and searches filled with neighbors, family members, and townsfolk began around the house and the surrounding countryside and woods. More than 150 people helped in the search, but nothing was found that would tell what happened to La Petite Pauline as the media had dubbed her. The devastated family, after being told there was nothing else to be done, could only assume a range of worst-case scenarios, from Pauline being abducted by gypsies to being trampled and eaten by wild boars. Which, I can understand the abduction thought, but I had no clue that wild boars were a thing in France. I had no clue. Honestly terrifying to think about. 250 miles away in Cherbourg, a little girl was found wandering the streets alone in late April of 1922. This toddler approximately matched Pauline's age and description, but was found malnourished, very small, and wearing very nice clothing, nothing that the Picard farming family would have been able to afford. A police officer picked up the lost child and took her picture. With Pauline's disappearance only a month earlier being blasted from every newspaper, the officer took a chance and sent the photograph to the Picards to see if they could identify the girl. According to Le Matin, Mrs. Picard immediately started crying and said, quote, That's my daughter, my poor little Pauline. 
end quote. The parents raced to Cherbourg to pick up their little girl miraculously unharmed. When they arrived, the parents instantly recognized the little girl, but she didn't seem to recognize them. She made no indication of knowing who the Picards were, but the assumption was that after 250 miles from home for over a month, the poor baby was in shock. It would also explain her inability to understand her native Breton dialect, which the Picard family spoke at home, and not react to her own name. Regardless, this was a miracle the Picards would not question, and so they took the toddler home. As the weeks went on, the girl still didn't seem to acclimate. She was shy, didn't play with her siblings the same way, still didn't respond to or remember any Breton, and reacted to her parents how she reacted to the police officers and strangers that helped her in Cherbourg. The Picards were starting to get paranoid that their desperation to find their daughter had resulted in taking someone else's child. Hmm. Which, yeah, scary. Is this reminding you of anything I've already done? (laughs) Walter Collins! Yes. Which wasn't too long after this either so this that, this story was like in the zeitgeist during the time that walter collins went missing the picard's paranoia was stoked when a neighboring farmer eves martin came to visit and straight up asked the parents do you think this girl is your daughter they hadn't really discussed this with anyone because obviously they're like seeing the things that might make her not pauline But it's not like they're going to be like, I don't think that we have the right girl. Like, they're not going to be telling anybody that. So the fact that he even came to that conclusion Mm -hmm. on his own. I mean, you know, neighbors knew who she was, so maybe he didn't recognize her. Mm -hmm. But before they could even answer his question, Martine yelled, quote, God help me, I am guilty, end quote, and ran out the door. He was committed to an asylum the next day. Their paranoia was peaked a final time in May when a cyclist was passing through behind the Picard's farmhouse and spotted a tiny, very decomposed body in the field. Mm. The hands, feet, and head were missing, making positive identification almost impossible. Weirder still... A small, neat pile of folded children's clothing was nearby, which included the black-and-white checkered dress, navy blue jacket, and black stockings that Pauline had disappeared in a month before. The police were alerted, and they were alarmed. This area had been canvassed and searched countless times right after the two-year-old disappeared, which means someone wanted this body found, but on their terms. It was determined that the body was female and very young, between two and three, but nothing else could be definitively said. Villagers and police took shifts guarding the corpse for three days while they waited for the prosecution department to arrive and make an official report. Villagers and police took shifts guarding the corpse for three days while they waited for the prosecution department to arrive and make an official report. Strangely, Near the body, a partially decomposed head was found. Mm -mm. 
but it did not belong to the tiny headless Stop. body. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you had the audacity to yell at me for not giving you a trigger warning last week? You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm always right, except when I'm not. <laughs> it's a great, you should have that on the sticker. <laughs> to put in the drawer. To stick in the drawer, yes. <laughs> the head wasn't even female. The head found belonged to a fully grown adult male. Oh, God. That made it. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I was going to be like, that makes it worse. I'm like, but at least it's not another dead baby. Yeah. But also. Yeah. And it was like in the crime scene. It makes no sense. I don't like it. Yeah. The police now fully baffled had no idea where to go to next. They thought they had found Pauline and reunited the family. Now there was a body matching her age with no way to identify it and a head that didn't belong to anyone connected to the family. The police couldn't even find a missing person matching the description of the head. The area had been searched a month before and the family had been living on it with the neighbors and friends passing through this field for weeks and nothing had been found. After thinking they closed a case, the police now had three. Who was the dead body? Who was the head? And who was the little girl in the Picard's farmhouse? The first thought was, of course, murder. Mm -hmm. The head, hands, and feet of the body were missing. And if the body had been left to the elements, trigger warning, the first thing to decompose and be eaten by wildlife would be the abdomen. The organs are close to the surface and easily accessible with very little bone to get in the way until the spine is reached. But the abdomen of this little body was untouched, and the deliberate placement of the body in this field more than a month after the child's disappearance pointed directly to murder of whoever this child was. But with this in mind, it seemed pretty clear that the body was that of the true Pauline, and the girl living with the Picards, who didn't know their language and was smaller than Pauline had been, indicating that she could be younger than two, was someone else. Because of this, the Picards quietly decided that this baby was not their daughter and sent her back to Cherbourg. Village gossip pointed to two suspects, one whom we have already mentioned, Yves Martin. The police went to visit the farmer in the asylum, but he was incapable of answering any questions. Mm. His breakdown seemed to indicate that he was guilty of something, if not the murder, but police found out that he had had a traumatic brain injury just days before his God help me declaration. Mm -hmm. His mental state may have contributed to the outburst, though it felt very specific. Like he asked the question very specifically, do you think this girl's your daughter? The other option when it comes to Martin is that he witnessed something, but after his injury was unable to remember anything clearly. In any case, the police had reached a dead end, and there was no evidence that pointed to Martin besides his outburst. There was another man, an umbrella salesman named Christophe Caramon, who had previously worked with the family and was not shy about how much he loved little Pauline's company. 
He even allegedly at one point said he'd find her a good home in another town, which at that point I'd be like, get away from my family. Please leave. Like, even if that's a joke, yeah, that's not I... a good joke. You're not funny. No, I'm sorry. You're a grown man. You don't need to be having the company of tiny humans. Yeah. Even so, the family trusted him enough to let him spend time alone with her. Oh, no. Absolutely not. This happened on the day that she disappeared. But the police investigated him thoroughly and his alibi was airtight. Mm. So another dead end. What what was his alibi? Like, oh, I was selling three umbrellas to this person down the road? Like, what? They didn't clarify. I couldn't find it in any of the uh, articles from that time because they didn't, you know, specify why he would have been let go or whatever. But, yeah, little suspicious. Also, to me, that says if his alibi is airtight, sure, but this is a two-year-old who could easily be, like, hidden away or you drop her off with someone you trust to say, hey, can you hold on to this little girl for yeah. an hour while I go <laughs> create an alibi for myself? <laughs> but I don't know. Eventually, gossip turned towards the family themselves. Francois Picard, the father, was known for sudden violent outbursts of anger. This could potentially point to an episode that resulted in the death of his youngest child. However, there again was no evidence, not even circumstantial evidence, to make this a viable theory. I can understand looking at, you know, the family closely. I feel like that's something that you always have to do, but... It didn't seem like, like he didn't abuse anyone. It was more of like, that was his reaction to being angry was like, nah, but he would always like come back and be like, I'm so sorry. I apologize. All this. So they didn't see it as something that would result in the death of a child, even if his outbursts were violent at any point. Not to say that it wouldn't, ha couldn't happen, but... Strangers started to pop up as possible suspects, such as a woman who was seen with a little girl in Cherbourg dressed as a beggar just before the police took the toddler with them back to the police station. There was also a report of two people watching the Picard children play the day Pauline vanished. The beggar woman part, I don't necessarily take any stock in, but the two people watching the kids play... That's a little weird. Like, if they aren't neighbors, yeah. you don't know them. Well, it reminds me of the um, the Australian kids. Yeah, the Beaumont children. Yeah. I will say, as I was doing this research, every single website had a, a different link at the bottom that was like, did you enjoy this story? Go read about the Beaumont children. Go read about Walter Collins. And I'm like, well, I didn't enjoy the story, but I've already talked about those. <laughs> The village circulated a story that the police disregarded, but is interesting nonetheless. The gossip's theory was that a wealthy couple had kidnapped Pauline after the death of their biological daughter and had left the body in the field so the Picards would stop searching for their daughter once they figured out that the little girl in their home wasn't theirs, maybe, and then would give her back to Cherbourg so that then they could take their daughter back home daughter in quotes mm. back home 
The motive posited was that the couple would have lost their inheritance if their daughter had died, and their daughter did die, and that was the body that was found. Mm -hmm. And so the real Pauline Picard was the little girl that the Picards had reunited with, but this wealthy couple wanted Pauline back, and so they brought their daughter's body with her head and hands and feet missing to make it i don't it's so complicated and it's one of those things where it's like this was a this was the gossip around town yeah like well see okay before you explained it it made sense and then the more you explained it i realized (laughs) i didn't understand (laughs) in the first place so i could okay wealthy couple yeah their child dies. Yes. So they take the real Pauline. Yes. I could understand the story being that and then leaving their actual daughter's body so that no one comes looking for Pauline. Yeah, I feel like they, they made they, a like, couple missteps. They, like, added so many more things to the story. Or, like, because when you were first starting, I was like, oh, okay, okay. So they have the real Pauline. They left the body. But then they were like, we want another baby, too. So we'll take fake Pauline and we'll have two well, have two kids. <laughs> That's not what you were saying. <laughs> no, I felt the need to explain it because it was something that was like, this is what they the gossips around town were saying. And I'm like, this is so convoluted. They had too much time on their hands. They had way too much time. So, in any case, I can understand why the police disregarded this story. They were like, okay, thanks for coming in. <laughs> We Don't have... forget to change your smoke detector battery. Okay, bye. Other theories besides murder included the toddler wandering off into the woods during a tantrum, losing her way, and succumbing to the elements or an abduction with the unfortunate loss of a different child behind the Picard's home. A local priest said, however, that the area surrounding the farmhouse was, quote, so well searched that if someone had lost a wallet, it would have been found, end quote. Most of the police department still believed it was a murder. So, like, even when people were like, well, it could be that, you know, this and this, they're like, but the body has no head. Yeah. That, yeah. That'll do it. And there's an extra head. Yeah, who the heck? <laughs> like, I don't think that this is how it works, where the, you know, the world is like, oh, this was... Here, let me spit back out some... Oh, that one's missing a head. There we go. There was no movement on the case of the man's head, as there were no missing persons reports in the area, and there was nothing else really to go on for this. The thought was that this was another victim of Pauline's murderer, if that was what this truly was, that it was a murder. Or it was the head of the murderer himself and a vigilante was trying to bring closure to the family, which also feels very convoluted. At least leave a note, you know? Right? Like... Also, like, what about her missing pieces? Like, that's not closure if they can't identify her. And what happened to the little girl who was thought to be Pauline? Well, she was returned to Cherbourg with a new name, Marie-Louise Pauline, because she couldn't speak. She didn't know the language or anything so they just named her and she was sent to an orphanage under the care of the franciscan sisters of notre dame de vue unfortunately only two years later she passed away a victim of the 1924 measles epidemic 
the Picards decided to try and move on with their lives and never knew what happened to their youngest daughter, the little Pauline. The end. Sorry. It. It's so sad. There's no, there's like absolutely no closure on this. I I'm think. so mad. I know. I think mostly because it was 1922. Yeah. There was very little in the way of forensic. Yeah stuff being able, like the experiments and things that you'd be able to use in order to figure out where did this body come from how long has it been here like any kind of dna as a thing wasn't even acknowledged as a way to forensically identify somebody yeah so like so what you're telling me is that somewhere in france in a churchyard there's just a box that had a head in it my guess is no, but I actually don't know the answer to that. I do know that the Picard family did decide to bury the body that was found as Pauline. Mm -hmm. And so there is a gravesite with her name on the gravestone and her parents are buried next to the mm. body. So it was obviously something that they believed. And I think after having this young girl in their house who didn't, know them and they didn't know her they kept trying to convince themselves that they knew her i think the body being found kind of solidified the idea that this isn't our kid mm -hmm. but there's also a part of me that's like why not just keep her <laughs> like yeah well especially if yeah if no one this isn't a, a tennessee children's home situation no. where like her real family was looking for her they just put her in an orphanage. But I, maybe the thought was that her real family would be looking for her. Yeah. And maybe they were either too poor, didn't have the resources, or lived somewhere else and weren't able to go to Cherbourg to mm -hmm. search for their daughter in a way that would make sense because she was, like, lost. Especially because she was wearing fancy clothes. That's the thing. I don't understand that part. But maybe because you said she, like, didn't talk. At well, all. she's she's two, so I know. But she like, understood you... French, mm -hmm. but she did not understand Breton, which was the dialect wow. that they used. Well, she I... didn't really say anything in French either. She just kind of like babbled like a baby. Yeah, because I could see if it was like she's not comprehending anything outside of their dialect. Mm -hmm. I could see some family being like. This is a derogatory term nowadays, but, like, she's an idiot. Like, yeah. She, we don't need the, her. We can toss her yeah, to the streets. Yeah, like, she's just let her wander around. Which would, in my mind, I'm like, and especially if her real age wasn't two, if she was, like, just walking and she was, like, maybe, like, one and a half or 18 months or whatever it is yeah. that people say, that she was young enough that maybe she hadn't been able to you know, develop mm -hmm. her speech pattern yet that she had, like, she could comprehend things, but she right. couldn't put sentences together in the same way. She could, like, point at things and say a word, but it wouldn't be the same as saying, my name's Pauline. Like, yeah. she wouldn't know that. And it's not as if she gave them her name in any capacity because right. she was too young. Yeah. She's, so yeah. there's just, yeah. It's all just sad. Yeah. So... There's no real closure on that. I'm still terrified of the fact that there was a head that didn't belong to anybody. Yeah, like, eh, whatever. It's an element of this story that just does it. Like, it would make sense, sad sense, but it would make sense for just the body and the clothes to be there. 
But, like, if the murderer was like, eh, I'll give him a little bone, chucks a head, laughs about it, walks away. I don't, like, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry it was so sad. Thanks. But aren't you glad it wasn't spooky? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the thing about the spooky episodes is that most of the time I can be like, okay, but that's not real. Where's this? But is this just actually sad. happened. <laughs> you know? It's like the, the Dutch hikers. It's like, yeah. that's where I spooked you because it's all real. It's all real. And you know what else is real? Yeah, what? The mailbag. <gasps> mailbag moment. Got to drop the track. Sorry. today's heart fart and it is titled heart fart all yeah. caps with hearts is from our good friend shelby shelby long time listener first time writer i she, think yeah, to the, the email. first time she's texted That's us plenty true. of times to be like when are you doing bigfoot <laughs> yes <laughs> which you're welcome <laughs> it happened all right I think she, I think she was shamed by our uh, adamant plea slash command to send us stuff. To answer Shannon's questions. She gets right into it. Oh, good. One, diner order. Yes. Pancakes. All caps. Good girl. With crispy hash browns and coffee or chicken noodle soup with salad. Two, attempted to share the podcast with anyone, colon, Every Friday to the social stories. Yes. Goofy she is, emoji. She is the most consistent with that, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Three, breakfast. Coffee at 5 a.m., English, muffin, and yogurt once I got get to work. Hashtag mom life. Four, are you okay? Living the dream. <laughs> Three exclamation points. Are we really friends? All caps. Of course we are friends. Hashtag mermoms for life. I can't thank you enough for doing the podcast. It helps me feel not so far away from y'all. Heart. Y'all are doing great. Kiss emoji. Love. Shelby. That almost made me cry. We're emotionally fragile, Shelby. Truly. Mostly because we still have not met your daughter and she is almost one. We need to meet this child before she turns one. Miss Nora. I love her. I love her too. I love her. She well, has a perfect face. That was a good uplifting heart fart at the yeah. end of a... A bummer episode. Well, and if you want to lift our hearts with your heart fart, feel free to write in. As you can see, it can be anything. We just enjoy hearing from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got nothing else. So That's all right. You got to go take a nap. Yeah. So until next time, remember. This podcast doesn't exist. Falls over, falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good night. Good night. <laughs>